0: You're listening to the Heart-Centered Service Podcast. A podcast to help freelancers create the lifestyle of their dreams while doing work that brings them purpose. I'm your host, Francesca Mamlin. And I'm your other host, Krista Aoki. Each week, we'll release new episodes with tips and personal stories for online service-based entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode two of Heart-Centered Service. In this episode, we're talking about things we wish that we knew when we started our freelance businesses.
1: So that you can take that information and then you can do it better than we did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please do it better than we did.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, there's no, I mean, I was going to say there's no, like, manual, but there probably is a manual. But, like, there's no, like, one way to start a business. And with this new, like, online business world, there's there's just so much information out there and there's like, and I feel like I kind of dived into it and I just like, I don't know, I made a million mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did too. And it's really funny because
0: one of the first things I remember, um, when I met you was that you had at one point 13 clients and we discussed this in episode (laughs) one. So Francesca, um, what things do what other things do you wish you knew when, about getting clients when you first started your business?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So the 13 client, that's like an ongoing joke between um, our friends because it's literally the stupidest thing ever to have. I I (laughs) mean, maybe some business models it works, but like I had 13 low paying clients and I was like, Hustling to fill all of their needs to make like some kind of income and it really was not the best way to do it I actually um, to give a little more context. I started my business by being a top seller on Fiverr. So I Decided I wanted to be a social media manager I put some gigs on Fiverr and I ended up doing really really well on a platform that is known for for cheap freelancers so I guess the main thing that I would have liked to know starting out is like what is a tactful way to get high quality clients when you're just starting out as a freelancer Um, because the way I went about it I ended up getting really overwhelmed I eventually ended up just dropping all of the clients one day because what I had built was so unstable and so unsustainable that like I realized that it just I I couldn't, their only option I had was to like drop all of the clients I had found on Fiverr. And I ended up leveraging some connections from my personal network to build like a little, some copywriting work and email writing work, which is what I did up until I became a business coach. Um, But if I would have done that from the beginning, I could have built something a lot more stable right from the get-go
0: <laughs> yeah and it's not just the amount of work too with the amount of low-paying work but it's also managing so many people's expectations um replying to emails um from 13 people in one day would take up so much time let alone yeah i just it would be so much work so i definitely agree um it's don't waste, don't waste your time on low-paying jobs.
1: Absolutely. And, like, I have, I'm obviously now I'm very opinionated on the use of freelance platforms because I think a lot of, so a lot of the platforms out there, people will just go looking for cheap work, and when people come to me and they want to build an online business, like, if people come to me for business coaching, like, I just want to be like, there's so many ways to get clients. Like, you don't have to waste your time on low-paying jobs. You really don't have to go on those platforms because... I really haven't found a lot of high quality work on like people per hour, Upwork or Fiverr. If you have, that's great. I just, it hasn't been my experience, but there's just, there's hundreds of people out there who are looking for high quality work and they're willing to pay for it. And just like, just look for those people, you know? Yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. And plus those platforms take 20% of uh, your rate anyway. So that alone is, um, if you're charging $30 per hour, then 20% 20% of that $6 goes to, that's $6, right? Yeah, it yeah. is. It goes to those platforms. So yeah, you can find someone who's willing to pay your entire rate um, and not have to pay that huge fee to a freelance
1: platform. Because mm-hmm. really all they're doing is managing the clients for you and finding them for you. And you, if you build that yourself, that's it's just so much more sustainable. Maybe a little up, maybe more upfront work, but more sustainable. So yeah, what are the things that you wish you'd known about getting clients starting out? For me, I wish I had the
0: confidence to niche down earlier instead of saying yes to everything. Um, niching down will help you build your portfolio so that um, it's more um, narrowed like instead of having like oh i help this person's instagram grow and i help this person's pinterest grow and i designed this website um, you'll just have a much more professional and cohesive portfolio showing that you are the best at this thing and Also, you become an expert so much faster. For a while, I was doing Pinterest management, virtual assistant work, video editing, but now that I've really narrowed down my workload to design and web design, I'm learning so much from design. Um, I've seen the websites that I create evolve so much because I've been able to work closely with a mentor, um, Mel Judson, and because I spend a lot of my time thinking and learning and talking about branding and design. So, um, I really wish that I had the confidence when I first started out to just call myself a designer.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's so common because I think people are afraid that they're losing opportunities if they niche down. But like what you're doing is that you are choosing a group of people and you're serving those people. And there's so much power in that. You're going to be able to serve your clients better. You're going to be able to people are going to know what you do. Like there's a lot of online businesses out there where you look at their website and you're like, what does this person actually do? <laughs> and like, you don't want to be that because no one's going to hire you if they're confused about what you can actually do for them oh my gosh
0: yes and plus when you really niche down and narrow your focus you know the vocabulary and you can speak the vocabulary because every every industry has their lingo so when you can really niche down um, you can be so much more confident when you're building out your uh, procedure and the the experience that you give your clients um, through like just delivering delivering work to them or uh, asking them for feedback or just chatting with them back and forth.
1: Mm -hmm. I totally agree. We could probably do like an entire episode on niching down like the benefits of it and how to do it because I think a lot of people don't really know how to do it but that might be that might be a discussion for another time even though (laughs) (laughs) I love how every time we
0: sit down to talk
1: we're like wow here, are a million other episode ideas. <laughs> <laughs> we just have a lot to say, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, the other thing I really wish I would have known when I was starting my business is energy and time management. Um, I came from a job where I don't know if I've mentioned it. I have mentioned it on this podcast. I used to work in theater and people who work in theater work around the clock. Most, a lot of industries are like that too. I would answer emails all hours of the day. I rarely slept. I had a massive long to-do list all the time and i took so i took that like work around the clock kind of work like work ethic or style into my business and it was a disaster so like i i'm very anti-hustle like i respect um gary vanderchuk for a lot of things he says but like when I, i i'm totally against the idea of just working all the time because you want your success to be sustainable because like think about it if you are working around the clock to build your, build your business and then that business grows like it's just going to get more and more overwhelming and um we get into this type of work so that we can create better lives for ourselves and we deserve that like you are building a business so you deserve to reap those benefits So I wish that I would have known some of the energy and time management stuff that I know now that I learned the hard way as I was building my business. Oh,
0: definitely. Um, And I'm so guilty. Like, I have said yes to everything. or I've tried to do all of these projects or get all on all of the platforms um, because... I thought it was sexy to be busy and I was like this in university, like, um, oh, let me take 18 units per semester while also signing up for all of the extracurriculars and blah, 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 because being busy made me feel fulfilled. But yeah, you're right. The hustle can be really dangerous because what if we're building a business that requires us to always be available or requires us to, um, yeah, work around the clock. And so um, I think what we're trying to say here is uh, it's important to build boundaries and allow yourself to enjoy other things too Mm
1: -hmm. and i think like some of the best ways to do that is like we could get into this again might be another podcast episode (laughs) we can get all into like things like calendar blocking and like prioritizing your to-do list like those are really important but i think one of the main things is like you you just said saying no to things like your yes should be sacred yes you, you should say yes only to things that are totally in alignment with your mission, totally in alignment with what you want to be doing. And you have to say no to a lot of stuff. Successful people say no to a lot of things. Oh my
0: gosh, yes. Like, um, I think that Um, one of the things that one of the ways that you can look at it is because we look as us providing a service as oh well we're getting the value out of it but what if you saying yes to something you saying yes to a project remember like when you make your yes sacred you're making your work sacred as well because people you're really making sure that you're providing something that you're totally in alignment with and that's so amazing for the other person. And, um, instead of just saying yes to everything, you're really looking at, okay, no, how is this project going to push me towards where I want to be? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You should always be thinking long-term when you're presented with an opportunity or with a a request. And it's okay. Like, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of guilt, especially for women saying no to things, but it's okay. Like it's it's good for you and the other person yeah. if you are saying no to something. Oh, definitely. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it goes both ways. It goes both ways for sure. Yeah. Um, so another thing that this is, so we've talked about um, getting clients. We've talked about energy and time management. The third thing I actually think might be the most important. It's been the most, Im- it's been one of the major themes of 2018 for me and 2019. Um, it's money mindset um I do a lot of money mindset work with my clients. I've spent the better part of a year like like really vigorously studying the subject because entrepreneurship has taught me that like every single insecurity that I've had around money has been just projected and amplified into my business and I've been forced to confront it cuz as entrepreneurs like we're forced we have to create a healthy relationship with money if we want to succeed because like if you have like a weird thing about like you know thinking that a thousand dollars is a lot of money like whether or not a thousand dollars is a lot of money that is your opinion that's a story that you're telling yourself and it's going to affect the way that you price yourself it's going to affect the way that you invest in your business so you have to be really aware of the beliefs that you're placing on money because money is neutral it's like it's a unit of measurement whatever meaning you give it is it's whatever meaning it has, is the meaning that you give it. And it's really hard to do because we live in a world where we are literally conditioned to have a bad relationship with money because, you know, big corporations, they benefit from that because then they keep you in a nine to five job, they keep you from getting raises, they keep you in that consumer cycle. But, and that's, and money's become a really taboo topic because of that. And there's so much shame around wanting it, and there's also shame around not having enough of it. I, I can go on and on about this stuff but we're drowning in the silence and I had no idea that any of this was happening until I became an entrepreneur. And I was like, just, it pretty much hit me in the face, this reality, because (laughs) I sabotaged myself in so many ways and I was forced to confront so many of my insecurities and so many of my stories. Part of me wishes I knew it was coming, but then another part (laughs) of me knows that I probably would not have done it if I knew that I was gonna struggle so much, but yeah so what do you think about all of this Krista?
0: Yeah I think it is something that you have to face and talk about um, when you start your business is um, how do I look at money because and and so we all have these different ways that we look at and interact with money but then once once you start owning a business and really managing more money and like the way that you look at things like um you're confronted or hit in the face like with oh okay i have to really think about the way that i manage money differently um and i think i'm the opposite of you because i'm a saver and i um am I'm just naturally afraid to invest, and so when I first started my business, I was proud because like, oh, I'm only spending like $200 on the start of this business, but I wish I actually had the confidence to invest more in my business. When I flipped from that dangerous scarcity mindset of, oh, but what if I run out, so I'm going to hoard everything um, to a mindset where I saw money as a tool that comes and goes, I was actually just finally able to reach my income goals and pay myself more than what I would have ever made at my previous day job. So now I invest in tools that save me time and add value to my client experience. I also put in money towards networking like going to conferences or uh, meetup events or even building a relationship with a programmer who's designing an app for me. So um, it's really cool because all of these things where I'm unafraid to invest in myself and in my business are really helping me um, grow as a person and a freelancer.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, we are opposites. I'm more of a spender. You're more of a saver. It's so funny. I was thinking about, as you were talking, like it's so counterintuitive to be like, oh, if I invest more money, then I'm going to make more money. If I put more money out, then I'm going to make more money. But that's literally how it works. Investing money in your business is how you take it seriously. Yeah,
0: oh, definitely. Yeah. Like there are things that I've downloaded for free, but I haven't touched. And I think it's because I didn't, make that investment and so then I was like okay well I'll get to it later but actually when I pay for something I take it much more seriously it's like I've thought this through I know that it's going to bring me value and so I'm going to make use of it because I'm spending money on it Mm
1: -hmm. yeah your decisions are so much more intentional when you when money is involved which is good yeah um yeah I'm more of a spender so like I I made some stupid decisions like I invested in like social media scheduling stuff and like email marketing stuff way before I needed to. and I, I put a lot of money into the business that didn't actually come back to me because I wasn't doing it wisely. So my my we, we kind of had opposite journeys because for you it was it was having the courage to invest. For me, it was how can you spend a little bit smarter? How can you invest in things that you actually need right now? I kind of want, and it all, it kind of comes back to, like, I like to do, like, I like to have everything done at once, but, like, that's totally unrealistic, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I love how we're total opposites in that regard, but I think it goes to show that, um, well, for one, in this online industry, we're sold everything, and, and so sometimes these tools are really good and can really um, boost and, help elevate us um in Mm -hmm. our freelance business but also we have to be intentional with the way that we spend things
1: yeah absolutely it's such a delicate balance and it just it at the end of the day it requires so much reflection and kind of like thinking about the relationship that you have with money thinking about like where you want your business to go and it's the journey is going to be so different for everyone totally awesome yeah yeah Cool. So we've talked about money mindset. We've talked about getting clients. We've talked about energy and time management. And now let's talk about marketing. So <laughs> I think we both started marketing related businesses, but yes, obviously there are lessons that we have learned along the way, both with our client work and with our businesses. Um, the main one for me is that you don't have to have every single thing set up immediately. So like, I still see this when I get on consultations with coaching clients. They're like really overwhelmed because they took this course and it told them they needed to have their website, their social media, their month, their monthly email newsletter, their sales funnel, all that stuff. It's great, like that stuff is awesome, but you do not have to have all that stuff set up before you can start making money. This kind of goes back to, um, what I was saying before where I invested in a lot of things that I didn't need to, it's because I was under that same illusion that I needed all of these things in order to build a profitable business. But here's the thing, like you can get a client before you even have a website up. And um, sometimes building a business is about thinking long-term, thinking big, but starting small. And I think that's the main thing that I wish I had known about marketing.
0: Yeah, oh, definitely, like, like we were saying we're sold all of these flashy things and like you have to have be perfect and have the perfect social media strategy but actually you don't have yeah you don't have to do it all immediately you don't need to invest thousands of dollars into your website right away you just need to be really intentional
1: and um yeah Mm-hmm. And we have a series coming up on this podcast where we're going to talk about the, we kind of made levels of the kinds of marketing that you need from like the very beginning of your business to like maybe a, like a, a few months to a year in. So we'll definitely be digging into that a lot more.
0: Yes, Oh, yeah. uh,
1: Absolutely.
0: For me, um, when it comes to marketing, I made a lot of excuses not to market myself, kind of like what you're saying. Um, I was just like, oh, well, marketing is sleazy or people are going to hate this, but you're so right. Marketing doesn't have to be sleazy. People don't have to feel icky about it. Um, You just have to remind yourself that your service relieves someone else's headache. For example, when it comes to website design and development, not everyone gets it. It doesn't make sense to everyone. Um, marketing can just be as simple as just letting everyone know what you're about and how you can help them. Um, like you can update your bios to a brief statement of what you do. For example, for me, I could put WordPress websi- website design in my um, social media bios. Um, you can post examples of your current and past projects on social media. and also, you can connect with people who refer, who can refer others to you. Schedule coffee dates with other people. So if you're a WordPress web designer, um, schedule coffee date with a Squarespace web designer because I get requests for Squarespace website designs all the time and that's just not my forte and so um, I'm getting to the point where I can confidently say, hey, no, like... I can help you with WordPress website design, but you can see this person for Squarespace. And so even just um, befriending someone who has, who does what you do, but just differently, um, could be really helpful for you in the long run.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how much interpersonal connections can do for you in the beginning. Cause like, I think anyone who's run an online business for a while and has a little bit of an online presence will tell you that like they get they get requests every day for the for stuff they can't deliver like sometimes yes. I even get website design requests <laughs> it's not <laughs> anything close to what I do so um just getting plugged into that network you in in letting them know that like you do this yeah there's a lot of opportunity there
0: Oh, definitely. Um, Even if I see something on a Facebook group, and um, it's maybe something I can do, but I just don't have the time for it, I'll tag my other friends who um, do something similar. And it's just, yeah, there's so much to go around. um, Mm -hmm. But yeah.
1: Yeah, you're really good about that. you are I always see you in those groups doing that. So, like, you want an ally like Krista around you who creeps on the Facebook groups and oh. will find work for you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, I think it's important that we're talking about this because I think when we think marketing, we think, like, okay, create, building a, an Instagram following and talking and, like, building an email list and, like, putting people through a funnel. But that's not always how you're going to get hired that in fact like at the beginning it's not the way you're going to get hired you you can get clients and then you can start building a presence building a referral network and getting consistent work but you start small you start with the people that you know
0: yeah oh that's a good point too. start with people who you know like reach out in your network let people know on linkedin that you're looking for this Um, there are so many ways to start really small
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and just don't be afraid to put yourself out there it's not sleazy unless you make it sleazy for sure definitely so the last thing that i wanted to share that i learned in my journey as a business owner is that multitasking is the worst thing ever and that <laughs> this might this might sound dramatic but I, it's it's horrible if you multitask just stop doing it because <laughs> here's the thing like um, I've gotten really into batching lately and it's because I've learned that like when you are switching between a bunch of different kinds of tasks like there it takes your brain time to like transition between those tasks and it takes so much more energy if you're doing a million different things at once because your brain is shif- is like shifting through all of this stuff and you're going to do low quality work if you're like if you're not just focusing on one thing. So I wish I would have, cause I, I, again, like the job that I had before, I was a stage manager. So I would be like watching them rehearse. I'd be taking notes. I'd be working on the spreadsheet. I had to be doing all these things at once cause like theater's live. So I brought that mentality into my business and I I really don't think I was, I I think it did affect the quality of the work that I was doing. Um, And recently I've gotten really into batching. So like I have a podcast of my own. So like I edit all of my podcast episodes on one day and I do all of my writing on one day. I do like, I kind of have themed days, but I, I try to like, if I'm going to do a type of task, then like, I, I like, I'm going to write, I pull all of my writing work out and because my brain is set on that and it's just such a really good way to optimize the time that you put into your business because time is like the most valuable thing when you're working alone for yourself
0: (laughs) yeah oh you're such a queen at um at not multitasking at single tasking and batching Mm -hmm. Um, thank you (laughs) yeah no problem (laughs) Um, Someone asked me to do this exercise once, um, which was to write, what did you say? Multitasking is the worst thing ever. So write, multitasking is the worst thing ever on one line. And then write that same sentence, but backwards on the next line. And then the next thing you have to do is similar. You're writing those same sentences, those same two lines, but you have to write one letter for the first line and then one letter for the second line. So M, Then G you on the first line then n and then just repeat that until you complete the sentence um and it's so um it's such a good idea or such a good example of how multitasking is the worst thing ever because um, when you do that exercise you feel how much slower your brain is working because it's not focused on one single topic You, um, you get to see and feel like how much slower you are switching from thought to thought Um, yeah, (laughs) um, but when it comes to time management, I found that tracking my time, um, and I use Toggle for this, uh, tracking my time helps me stay focused on one task instead of hopping from task to task or client to client, um, because it's a pain in and of its own to be switching my timer from client to client. So, um, Toggle has given me the multitasker, um, some encouragement to know, stay focused on this client for a little Mm. bit longer.
1: Yeah, I use Toggle to detox from my multitasking. I don't use it anymore, but it definitely, it was a, there was a point in my business when it was a really powerful tool for me because it was like, I'm committing to work on this and there's a timer going. And yeah, like this is what I'm gonna do f- until the timer stops totally. or until I stop the timer, you stop the timer on <laughs> Toggle. But, um, and then also if you use Toggle throughout your work day, then you, or you can look back on the day and, and see how you spent your day And then if you use it for a while, like you can see like what task is the most time consuming. You can even like use it for like, oh, should I be raising my rates? Like how much time does it take me to do these projects? That's a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so powerful. Yeah. uh, Because Toggle gives you all of this data on, of, on how you're spending your time. And then you can analyze that data and use it to like make those CEO decisions. Like, okay, I know that it takes me this long to design a homepage. And so this is, um, this is what I can do for it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Cool. So,
0: f- Fran, before we end this episode, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, if you're listening to this and you are thinking about starting a business, um, my guess is that you might feel a little bit overwhelmed right now because you just spent 30 minutes listening to us talk about all of the mistakes that we made <laughs> at starting our own businesses. Um, and I just wanted to say that you're probably going to make your own mistakes you're probably going to fail a couple of times and that's something to look forward to like this is this is probably one of the biggest lessons that I learned this how how long have I been doing this like year and a half almost two years of running a business is like failure is such a beautiful opportunity to grow and to learn and to become a better person and our society kind of punishes failure we're taught to fear it and you shouldn't because it's amazing,
0: yeah, you learn so much by failing um or failing forward, as one of my clients likes to say <laughs> <laughs> she uh, sh- she knows that sh- she knows that yes, everyone fails, but when you fail, you're failing forward, you're falling forward, but you're picking yourself up and you're learning something from that experience.
1: So. Mm-hmm. And it's really empowering if you look at it as something to celebrate and not something to be like, oh, I failed at this. It's like, oh, I totally. messed up and that's cool because now I know this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, and you recover so much faster that <laughs> instead of like brooding, like, oh shoot, this didn't work. I'm the worst. You're like, okay, this didn't work. This is what I can do instead. Let's keep going. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) So what are your final thoughts, Krista? Um,
0: I'd just like to say and just remind everyone that it's totally okay to go about business in your own way. Um, As we said in this episode, everyone and their mother has their own secret strategy to success. But um, let's be real, you design your own success and you can define success for yourself. So if you don't like something, don't waste your time on it. Um, I was on a date a couple of weeks ago with someone who asked me about my business, and then he kept trying to push me into um, growing my business to be an agency because that's the way to scale.
1: Unsolicited (laughs) advice is the (laughs) worst.
0: (laughs) And I know I'm not a good manager. I know that I already um, have enough correspondence with my clients. that adding on the correspondence with subcontractors um is so much work like i've tried it i'm not the best of it and i actually love what i do um so i'm totally okay with being a sole proprietor um who occasionally asks others f- for help um <laughs> like I'm, I'm okay not growing my business to be an agency
1: yeah, that's a really good point. People are going to have, like, it is incredible when you become an entrepreneur, how many people are going to have an opinion on your life and business, <laughs> particularly the people who don't own businesses themselves. And it's just like smiling and nodding and then just turning around and doing it your way because they really don't know you and what were they don't know your business. They don't, they don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. And there are so many routes that you can take to grow your freelance business um, and it's Better. It's just so much better to save your energy for the roots that you'll actually enjoy. And Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I love your use of the word root because that's your brand reroot lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it, just reroot it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So that's all we had for this week. Um, hopefully, that you found something that you could take value in. Um, or you just had the chance to laugh at our failures and be like, oh, they're so stupid. Like what? Yeah. Like these, these girls don't know anything. (laughs) Yeah. Well, next week we'll talk about our successes so that you can know that we're, we know what we're doing. (laughs) Cool. Um, but yeah, so that's all we have for you this week. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, um, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us with the algorithm. That's actually the only thing that can boost us is if you give us some kind of positive feedback. Um, also connect with us on Instagram. Mine is at Francesca Mamlin and I'm at
0: Vroot Lifestyle. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Oh my gosh,
1: yes Slide into our DMs Slide into those DMs <laughs> um, So yeah, we're going to let you go and well, That's the end of episode 2, aloha Goodbye <laughs> <laughs>